Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Is your number one source for all your basketball info, stats, news, and scores. Get the latest odds and lines, including latest player reports for this year's pro basketball playoffs. But online is always your sports information headquarters this season, as we have you covered for all your sports wagering needs basketball, MLB, NHL hockey, right down to UFC and boxing. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games you can play right from your home. So what's the call to action today? Head to the website or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Be sure to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. But online, where the game starts. All right, folks, this is Jeremy Evans host of the California Sports Lawyer podcast. This is episode 17 of season five. And uh, as always, appreciate you being with us and making us the number one sports law podcast in the world for three years running. So today we have an interesting episode. We're going to be talking about a new Canadian uh, entertainment-based law uh, in the broadcasting space. And it's called the Online Streaming Act, and uh, otherwise known as uh, Bill B, or sorry, Bill C-11, C-11. So uh, Canadian Broadcasting Act that uh, changes in many ways the way that uh, entertainment uh, content streaming companies uh, pursue strategy with regard to content in Canada. Now, this may seem, you know, at first glance, well, you know, why is Jeremy talking about um, you know, a Canadian broadcasting law, what does it have to do with anything? Um, but I, I think that this has a much broader effect than uh, currently is being publicized or uh, talked about uh, in uh, the entertainment sort of uh, uh, space, entertainment media space. And of course, uh, Canada has always been a great partner when it comes to sporting teams and leagues. They've always been a great partner when it comes to entertainment filming so uh, this is clearly, um, uh, you know, a, a very important strategic uh, business and economic and political partner. And, you know, things do change over time. Politics change and uh, strategies do change and legislation changes relationships. But, you know, Canada and the United States have a very special relationship because in my mind and to my knowledge, it's the only uh, country to country relationship where you have professional teams that are cross border. So, uh, you know, in hockey and in basketball and in baseball, uh, you have, uh, and even in uh, Major League Soccer, uh, not in football uh, currently, um, but you have sort of professional teams in both countries, obviously with the majority being in, in America, but there is clearly, um, you know, some, some uh, cross-pollination there, if you will. So, again, this online streaming act, well, what is it? Well, uh, you know, ultimately, the overarching thing to remember is that it's going to affect foreign entertainment investment into the country. 
And, and what it really boils down to is this point, is that the Online Streaming Act will regulate entertainment streaming uh, and content companies. So think studios, streamers like Netflix, Amazon, and Apple, uh, from what kind of type of content uh, they create and, uh, and or distribute uh, within the Canadian border. So that's uh, sort of the overarching thing. So, you know, again, American content streaming companies like Netflix and Amazon and Apple and YouTube and Disney Plus uh, and Spotify, which of course Spotify is not an American company. Um, I believe it is a, a Swedish company, uh, will now be required to create and promote Canadian content uh, on their platforms and in theaters. Of course, the largest entertainment union in Canada the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees, uh, moving picture uh, technicians, artists, and allied crafts of the United States and Territories in Canada, or IATSE, I-A-T-S-E, has publicly supported the legislation, um, uh, which is, uh, again, entitled the Online Streaming Act, also known as Bill C-11. Uh, and, you know, and this is somewhat um, kind of expected because the Online Streaming Act uh, will stand to benefit um, you know, 36,000 members of, of um, IATSE. And so clearly uh, there's some benefit there. Now, look, I mean, some of their members are obviously in the United States. I would venture to guess that more in the United States, but it is a union and clearly the uh, union leadership and union members are going to support other members. So but what does this mean on a practical basis? You know, you might be thinking, well, what does this have to do? Um, you know, like what's, what's the effect here? Well, global studios and streamers, um, a majority of which, if not exclusively, are from the United States, um, is a major impact to the Canadian economy. Uh, at this point, it's a $5.3 billion entertainment econ economy in Canada, which, by the way, is double, more than double any of the local entertainment companies. And when I say global stream studios and streamers, for the most part, there is other countries around the world, particularly in um, in India, uh, with, with the Bollywood industry there, in China, obviously, there is studios and streamers that are international, but for the most part, it is American content that gets distributed globally, and it's American companies uh, that are the bigger players. So this is a huge uh, challenge to that, uh, you know. I think, um, and, and we'll sort of get into uh, again why this is potentially an issue. So again, overall. American entertainment and really international uh, non-Canadian global studios and streamers will now be forced to essentially uh, create and promote Canadian content. Now, on the one hand, this is a law that will bring Canadian stories and talent to the forefront, uh, which, of course, uh, is a good thing. And, of course, as everybody knows, in America, you've got uh, English, uh, you've got um, uh, you've got Canadian, you know, uh, actors and actresses that are um, you know, clearly creating content. Some of the more popular uh, actors and actresses uh, in the United States are uh, indeed uh, from the UK or from uh, Canada and from other places around the world. Now, oftentimes they're so good at their jobs, uh, particularly with accents and how they talk, is that uh, they can really hide some of the um, accents when they're when they're doing filming. Uh, so it's a it's a talent that's not really talked about too much, but it's definitely something that. I think is really important. So again, point one, clearly it's a good thing to bring Canadian stories and talent to the forefront. Uh, it's it's really good for the people. It's good for their industry. 
On the other hand, and this is where uh, I think it gets dicey, is it forces foreign companies to pay to play uh, in Canada in a very restrictive manner. Now, of course, what's interesting is that these types of laws are not uncommon, let's say, in the Middle East and in China, particularly where uh, those countries are trying to get direct foreign investment into their countries, and they have more restrictive economies and more restrictive, particularly on the social side, where uh, you know you basically have censorship when it comes to content. But these are not common in the Western world. Uh, so you'd say the United States, Canada, um, you know, Western Europe, this sort of thing, even Eastern Europe. Uh, at this point. So again, it's not common in the Western world. So it's really the opposite of the laissez-faire, open market, or really the capitalist approach generally accepted in creating and promoting content uh, in a you know constitutional republic or in a democracy. Um, and of course, if you want to learn more about uh, these sort of restrictions in other countries, definitely take a look uh, at the Chinese and Middle Eastern um, Restrictions and investment plans. Uh, there's some great articles and pieces out there uh, that uh, I think might be worth your time. Uh, one is on the China British uh, Br Britain uh, business focus website. Articles is entitled uh, "What are the current regulations for live streaming in China?" And then, of course, um, Saudi Arabia is the other big one, uh, and and is looking to potentially be a huge player in the entertainment space as it continues to grow, along with sports. And that's actually a Bloomberg article, and the title is Saudi Arabia Wants to Be a Movie Capital uh, Will Hollywood Go Along? So we'll sort of see how uh, those two things uh, continue to grow and what restrictions are in play or whatnot. So those are two potential issues, right? Uh, another issue is the idea of user-generated censorship on applications and platforms. And this was the big concern that was brought up on Twitter and on Facebook and Instagram and other platforms, particularly during election periods and how things are regulated, uh, and whether these platforms are you know, public forums, which according to the current law, they are not. Um, so again, these bring up some issues. Now, Bill C-11, or the Online Streaming Act in Canada, did address some of these concerns uh, by basically uh, saying that the law is not going to apply to amateur content videos and works, um, saying that it won't be regulated. But again, it's an issue to keep worth monitoring um, as it gets implemented and enforced in the country and as it, and, and as it has an effect uh, across the border with, with uh, American and foreign companies, other foreign companies investing in, in the entertainment industry in Canada. Uh, you know, of course, creators and legislators, uh, I'm sure, are, have concerns with, with the language and legislation. I think that's been made clear in several Hollywood Reporter articles. Um, and just so you know, it's the Canadian Radio, Television, and Telecommunications Commission um, that is going to be regulating this. It's a government agency. It's the, for short, or the acronym is CRTC. Uh, again, it's a public um, agency, and it'll be uh, in charge of regulating and enforcing the Online Streaming Act in the country. So I think a question going forward is going to be whether... Uh, um, American and other international content streaming companies in the entertainment space will follow the restrictions willingly or potentially look for ways to challenge the law through the court system or in, in other ways attempting to change legislation by adding carve-outs and exceptions. This obviously happens a lot in the legislative space, particularly in the United States, where a law is passed and unfortunately legislators maybe didn't do the greatest job of, of 
sort of looking at the effects of certain things. And sometimes you don't know the effects of certain things. Uh, you know, legislation in many ways works in response to something. It's many, it's, I remember taking political science in college and professor would say something like, you know, politics and legislation is kind of like uh, the firemen in the sense that uh, you're responding to a fire. There is some prevention, of course, and there's a lot of more of the the prevention piece now, uh, particularly particularly in sort of protecting homes and that sort of thing. But I guess you can make the argument that some of these things are protected and and strive for in um, regulation as well. But for the most part, um, legislation responds to a problem. Uh, it doesn't anticipate a problem and then uh, react to it in general. Clearly, it happens, but that's sort of usually the way legislation works. So again, we'll see how this plays out. But so we'll see if there's any carve outs to this. Um, you know, I will say that from a from a business deal making perspective, a better approach to this online streaming act might have been to mandate uh, a certain level of investment in Canadian content up to a certain dollar amount and then have some sort of open market system after that. Uh, that to me would make more sense. Uh, this sort of uh, mandatory investment requires that um, you know money enter enter the economy um, with jobs and telling local stories, but um, you know, but also leave leave open the opportunity for change, for deal making, and more of that sort of uh, liberty and freedom approach to content creation and distribution. So again, you know, something to keep in mind um, as this legislation moves forward and is passed and is uh, put into play. Of course, there's always the economic response to this. Um, you know, American companies could just as well decide to um, exit, you know, uh, from investing there and look for other places to invest. This often happens in the entertainment space, um, particularly as, let's say, countries and or, uh, you know, countries and or legislature pass laws, but then as particularly, let's say, um, uh, studios decide to reinvest in other places. So you might film in one place because it's cheaper and then film in another place because you really need the scenery. But generally, you're going to have to be uh, somewhat cognizant of this. So let me give you an example. So first of all, this is the first time uh, that such rules and regulations uh, in a restrictive manner have been placed on American digital platforms uh, operating locally in Canada. Uh, American companies, are, again, are going to probably have to consider reforming some of their strategies on, the best, on how to best compete. Um, this potentially may end up harming some of the talent uh, as uh, American companies look for uh, other places to film and ways to film uh, and using different actors. Um, and to, let me give you an example of this. The state of New York is set to increase, which is a big uh, filming state. So is California. So is Georgia. Is, uh, and so is Canada. A lot of filming is done in Canada because it's a lot cheaper than to do it in the United States. Uh, but, and of course, there's some tax incentives and some other ways to uh, to help out. But the state of New York is set to increase its tax incentive program. And this tax incentive program is very popular in, in many states and countries. And basically what it says is, if you film in this state, we will give you a tax benefit or a write-off, if you will, or a tax deduction when you're doing business. So it's currently at a $420 million um, sort of cap. They're going to push it $280, $280 million uh, upward to $700 million in incentive allowances. 
Uh, and of course, according to the Hollywood Reporter, uh, the changes are aimed at luring productions back from areas uh, such as Georgia, New Jersey, and Canada that offer their own packages uh, um, you know, in terms of offerings to host productions. So I think potentially this is already happening. I think people probably in the industry saw that Canada was making a move to do this. It was a somewhat of a, um, not even somewhat, it was a hotly debated issue. I was going to say controversial, but um, I think it was definitely a hotly debated issue uh, in uh, um, the Canadian parliament, but um, ultimately it did pass, um, you know, with the current government. And so we'll sort of see how this plays, um, you know, but, um, you know, I'm, I am unaware of any of um, these types of laws in the United States where the content is restricted in that way. Um, I may be, you know, I may be wrong in that point, but uh, this to my mind um, is maybe one of the first that I've, I've sort of seen this happen, but uh, again, um, we'll see how this plays out, but uh, folks really do appreciate listening in uh, to um, this week's episode, uh, talking about the Online Streaming Act in Canada that will regulate American and other foreign uh, entertainment content streaming companies uh, to force that, force those companies to uh, basically um, create and distribute Canadian content if, if operating locally within the country. So we'll sort of see how this plays. Um, hopefully it doesn't have a ripple effect in terms of um, other countries doing the same thing because I think we get into a very restrictive place pretty soon. Um, but um, in the meantime, be well. As always, appreciate listening in. Uh, truly an honor and truly humbled that you do. And I uh, look forward to being back with you next week. This episode has been brought to you by Bet Online. Again, I'm your host, Jeremy Evans, and this is the California Sports Lawyer Podcast. Thank you so much.